The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. I am Kule Agbayani. Paul Brecht is not in studio today. It's Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. So he is getting all set up at the HPU Aloha Tower Marketplace campus inside the eSports Arena powered by DSE Hawaii to bring you Sharks Weekly immediately following this show. And today's featured sport is going to be men's and women's golf with head coach Ed Kageyama. So be sure you guys stick around with that. One of the more recently successful programs at HPU. So uh, what Ed has been able to do over there has been nothing short of greatness for the Sharks. So be sure to stick around for that. Coming up on the show, we got a lot of stuff. A lot to chat about, especially with UH. We'll get you some clips from UH women's basketball head coach Laura Beeman as they get set for action tonight. And then Beeman's big bash comes Saturday. And also hear from University of Hawaii baseball. We'll hear from starting left-handed pitcher Harrison Bodendorf, who is on deck to get the start tomorrow night. The opening night for University of Hawaii baseball as they take on Ole Miss a program that is very used to winning that won the championship uh, just a couple of seasons ago. And, of course, hear from a little bit from head coach Rich Hill. So a lot of stuff to get into in just a little bit. We will uh, recap the fun and exciting games that we had last night. That was the OIA Division One and Division Two Boys Basketball Championships. Uh, get you some clips from a couple of the head coaches even let you hear the final call of the Division One game because it was nothing short of amazing. And it make, it kind of pains me to say that a little bit, and I'll tell you about that in shortly. But I uh, want to also make sure that I tell you guys first and keep reminding you guys about a couple of things happening at UH. First things first, you can officially mark it on your calendar when it comes to the UH football spring game. So they posted it on social media that we officially have that date locked down, which is Sunday February 25th. Game time is at 5 o'clock p.m. Gates open at 4. There's It's free admission into the game itself, but you still got to pay for parking, which is $7. Uh, and then there will be food trucks, a DJ, autograph session after the game. So now you can officially put that on your calendar. We've been talking about, you know, that's like earmark that date, maybe save it, but it was released yesterday. So there will be a spring game on Sunday, February 25th at the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. And of course, this Saturday, well, tonight is a UH women's basketball game and men's basketball, but they're not playing at home. Women's basketball are at home, so there's a game tonight, but probably the big thing that's happening that we keep reminding everyone is Beeman's Big Bash comes Saturday. Again, we'll get you all the details for that. But first, want to start off with some OIA basketball action. Uh, we had a fun time. Mahalo to Bob Morikuni and everyone at McKinley High School for everything that they do for hosting us last night. Both games came down to the wire. Very, very exciting. Kaimu Key just coming back from 20 points down to beat Iaea 63-58. And what a game that was. Didn't seem like much. Again, Iaea just was doing their thing, but 
Don't ever count the Bulldogs out. So they come out on top for the OIA Division II title. And then Lele Hua, uh, if they edged out Mililani 49-48 for the Division I OIA crown. And as much as, you know, for all of my fellow Mililani grads, Lele Hua is kind of like our crosstown rival. Um, but, you know, I can't entirely be upset about it. I'm actually kind of happy for the Mules because... It's just their second OIA title in boys basketball and their first since 1988. Can you believe that? 1988 since the Mules have won an OIA boys basketball title. So before uh, we hear from a little bit more from the Mules, want to give you guys a treat and play the final call for you as it was called by our Kyle Galdera and Paul Brecht of the last uh, final seconds of last night's Division One OIA Boys Basketball Championship between Lelehua and Mililani. So we are down to another instant classic finish here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Mililani bringing it in. Bringing the ball in will be Davin Joseph. Joseph guarded by Tristan Stevens. Joseph looking for help. Passes it in. Here's Dorn with it. He's going to have the final shot. Two seconds. Takes the three. It's up. Oh, off the front iron. No good. The Mules have claimed their first OIA title in 36 years. Lelehua is marching out with the win tonight. What a comeback win over Mililani. A long time coming for Lelehua. How, what an impressive performance in the second half once again. Lelehua for the first time in 36 years. I was just a little baby. <laughs> so again, that was Kyle Galdera and Paul Brecht with the final call of last night's OIA Division I boys basketball uh, game. First title for Lelehua since 1988. Uh, and here is what their head coach, Ch- Chad Townsend, had to say following that huge win. Uh, it feels unreal. Uh, just for the community because as you can see there's such a great community support to the end students all came out and i just can't be more appreciative we have great support staff at our school our administration everybody um my mom my dad all my coaches great support and especially my wife you know she's able to she lets me do it i don't spend too much time with her during basketball see even in the off season i see all the time in all the leagues you know it's I'm very grateful to have a wife like her. Thank hey, you for a Valentine's Day present. <laughs> uh, I didn't though, so yeah, that's why I gotta make it up. Sequence. You guys know he's gonna get double. You know Twain's gonna get double. And you still trust Christian, who like had three open hooks from here, right? My thing is, uh, you know, I'll be your next man up sometimes, man. You always got to be ready to shoot. You know, um, we try not to put too much of a cap on our guys. Keep that confidence. If you're open, take the shot. You know, so we he like had, to... He had injuries, at least one. Yes. Up and down, great defensively. Yes, he, um, he actually had multiple this season. He had the preseason going good, Paleo tournament, and he hit a speed bump during the Kamaki tournament. He couldn't play because he sprained his ankle at practice. And right when he was getting ready to come back early season again, play a game, he's doing sprained it again so you know it's been up and down and I'm just grateful that he has such a strong you know hey she had a rough coming back trying to get back in shape again but kid is awesome man mentally tough but Milani is such a dynamic offense with Doran Gabriel Brown how did you keep them under 50 points uh, it's just it's tough even with them Coach Gabriel does such a good job. I was running out of, we were just running out of ideas what to do against them. Like, Gabriel, like Coach Gabriel said in his other interview, he said, I think we played 10 times. We go five and five. 
and I really believe that. I got the highest respect for that guy. He's, you know, that's my alma mater, and you know, it's also good to see them thriving under Gabriel. You know, so nothing but love for those guys. Very respectful. Milani's kids, kids are great kids, but I'm just happy that our, our kids pulled us through. Last time, how the Wilson brothers that to you guys? Oh, it's big. You know, they first transferred in. We found out that we just passed by them in the hallway. Might as well just ask, you guys play ball? <laughs> a little bit, you know. Twain comes out, first day, throws one down. I said, all right, we're good to go. <laughs> and, you know, um, but they've been a blessing for us because they've bought in from day one. Never missed it. They rarely miss days of practice. You know, when they miss, I, I, I think something must be, they must be sick or something. But, you know, they're total team players, man. Team first guys bought into the program. They're awesome. This is the first year for varsity with you for them? No, um, it's the Tyree's first year. It's Twain's second year with me. Yeah. Last time you guys played rebounding was a big favorite there. Their side. Mm -hmm. uh, this time around, you guys were plus 11 wow. rebounding. I mean, how big was that? This That's big. You know, we gave them... Um, I think I owe some plate lunches to Mateus and Uwe and uh, some of the bigs, but, you know, we gave him a pet talk before the game. You know, he said, battle for those rebounds, and it looked like, um, especially Mateus, he had a kind of a chip on his shoulder. He played very hard with those rebounds, even Uwe, Tyree, all our guys. We said it's going to be a team effort with our guards as well because that's one thing about Milani, their guards are so scrappy. That's Gabriel, they crash weak sides, so we said we can't let them have that. They stood at 5.1 seconds and they got the ball in their best player's hands. Yeah, it's, what was it like that that last 5.1? Watching them, it's uh, never safe because <laughs> the first time we played, you saw Tim Dorn hit some ridiculous shots, spinning fadeaway free throw line. So even then, I wasn't safe with him coming down full speed like that because he's one of those guys at six 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 seven. He can get any shot he wants off on that court that he wants to take. So that's the danger with a guy like that. You know? Are you guys gonna celebrate? Uh, oh, I wish. <laughs> Still going in. And my, my boys know they better go too. But uh, tomorrow morning is gonna be crazy. It is. It is. It's but um, cool. I don't know. Gotta get something to eat on the way home and relax. It's gonna be a hard time sleeping. Though. Sorry. How, how many uh, years on varsity coaching is this for you? This is my sixth year, including that COVID season that got canceled. So really five full seasons. But for you personally, your dad won a state title back in 1951 years ago, yeah. but not an OIA. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I got how does it feel? Uh, <laughs> well, how does it feel? I mean, uh, you have that bond, you know, I mean, I mean, he did it 51 years ago. That's good. It's good uh, to have that you, bond. You, you, get, you, you get a title yourself 51 years later. It's good to have that bond. So you can't talk trash to me forever now and, you know, scold me about everything. <laughs> but it feels good. It feels good. Well, he had two stints, I think, as head coach. Yeah. Great teams where he yeah. could do the way, but you did the way. Thank you guys. Man. Yeah. And that was Lelehua Boys Basketball Head Coach Chad Townsend following their huge win over Mililani 49-48 to claim their first title since 1988 and just their second overall. And as they kind of joked about there at the end of that uh, post-game interview about uh, Chad's father winning a state title, but not an OIA title, but he won a state title. And uh, that's always the fun little banter between, you know, father and son. And I can only imagine. But now, you know, dad can't, dad can't give his son those rubs anymore. At least he can have a title to his name. So wishing both schools all the best in the HHSAA state championships coming up next week which once the brackets are out we'll be sure to get all of that to you guys uh, also shout out to our yeah you player of the game twain wilson for the mules who had 25 points including five uh three points made and 
Mililani, they had edged out Lelehua in the regular season and Lelehua gets that redemption. But we knew this was going to be a back and forth fireworks type of game. So we'll see what happens in the state tournament as there is quite some stiff competition in boys basketball this year. All right, we need to uh, take a quick break. But when we come back, actually, you know what? We'll keep it rolling and we'll just take our break a little later because I'm like, I don't want to kind of break up the... Hawaii recap boys basketball discussion. Okay, going over to Division Two, Kaimu Ki uh, coming back from 20 points down to beat Iea 63-58 for the Division Two boys basketball crown. Uh, Dason Lupika and Harmon Seal led in scoring for the Bulldogs with 19 points apiece. Jeremiah White was our Yayu player of the game for doing a little bit of everything with 15 points, including my favorites, or one of my favorite stats when it comes to basketball. 10 for 14 from the charity stripe, six rebounds, four assists, and two steals. So Paul Brecht's got a chance to catch up with head coach Graydon Espinda and Jeremiah White following that game. So here's first head coach Espinda. Coach, what can you say about your team's fight down 18 at halftime? What was the message you guys gave to each other at halftime to be able to come out and play your best basketball in the third and fourth quarters? The, the message was to just calm down, relax, and just play basketball. We'll be fine. Um, there wasn't a certain sense of urgency or sense of panic. Uh, with the shot clock, 20 points is nothing. And then Jeremiah White, our Yayu player of the game, he finishes with 15 points, goes 10 of 14 from the line, and brings a lot of energy in that second half. What can you say about his leadership for your team as this season has gone on, and especially culminating tonight? Oh, he's a special guy. Um, they don't make them that often, so I'm just happy he's on our team. Yeah. And then lastly, you got had a guy come off the bench tonight in Harmon who he come, gives you 19 points. And uh, you want to talk about energy that really yeah. fired up the yeah. crowd, got it loud in yeah. here. How helpful was that and how big was that? Nice to see for a guy, a senior coming off the bench like that and really putting on in a big time moment. The fans were the fans was amazing. This is the biggest fan group we ever had. Uh, thanks to the administration. Thanks to our athletic director. Um, they did a great job getting all the, um, everybody here to the game. Coach, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Congratulations, Coach Graydon Espinda. And now here is our Yayu player of the game. Also, if you guys heard his name before, yes, he is on the football team as well. A football standout for the Kaimoki Bulldogs. But he is also doing his thing in basketball. So here is our Yayu player of the game, Jeremiah White. Here with Hawaii Sports Radio Network's Yeah You Player of the Game, Jeremiah White, after the 63-58 win over IAEA in the OIA D2 Championship game. Jeremiah, you finished with 15 points, your team down 18 at halftime. What was the message you guys had for each other in the locker room at the breakdown so much? Um, yeah, first and foremost, we just, as a team, we just want to give all glory and thanks um, to our uh, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We wouldn't be here without him, and we just kept pushing, kept pursuing, because we knew this wasn't over. We just went in the locker room. We haven't been down. I mean, we've been down like this before, so we, we knew what to do. And with the shot clock, it gives you more opportunities and more um, possessions as a team. So they have to put a shot up. And just as a team, we just leaned on each other as brothers and just kept fighting, kept playing for each other. And we knew it was just something bigger than us. We have this whole crowd that came to support us. We just couldn't let each other down and let the 
come keep Bodog Nation down here as well. And, and what can you say about the crowd tonight? Are they sticking with you guys all the way through, loud, proud, and really letting themselves be heard all the way through. What do you have to say to them? I just want to thank them all because we really feed off of the crowd. Like once we get the crowd into it, it just gives us a whole extra like mo like motivation, a whole extra energy boost because we have support behind us. We miss a shot. They're still cheering us on. That just makes us, like, builds us up as a team. How are you guys feeling heading into States now? Good. We're feeling good, but that wasn't our best game. But we're, we're glad that we came out of it on top. And we're just grateful that we could pull it off and just have good, positive energy going into practice tomorrow and going into uh, States next week, hopefully, to make a big run. Again, that was Paul Brecht catching up with our Yeah You player of the game from Kaimuki, Jeremiah White. So congratulations to the Kaimuki Bulldogs for capturing the boys OIA Boys Basketball Division 2 title and Lelihua for capturing the OIA Division 1 Boys Basketball title. And the brackets for the state tournament for Division 1 are out. So we'll give you guys that real quick. So Heidi and Cook, HHSAA Boys Basketball State Championships, getting the first round by and also the seeded uh, spots are number one and ILH champ St. Louis. And number four is Baldwin. And the OIA champs will are the number two seeds or number two seed, at, that's Lelehua, and number three seed is Kamehameha Schools, Hawaii. So they get the first round by and won't play until next week, Thursday, in the quarterfinal round. The first round happens on Monday. So this coming Monday, February 19th, first round games will be between Hilo and Nanakuli, and this will be at Hilo. Winner will take on number one, St. Louis. Then the other match will be Mililani and Kalaheo at Mililani. The, the winner of that game will move on to take on the number four seed, that is Baldwin. And another one is Kamehameha Schools. Maui will play Kahuku, and this one will be at Maui. Winner will take on number two and OIA champs, Lelehua. And then last, but of course not least, will be Punaho and Kailua at Punaho. Winner moves on to play the number three seed, Kamehameha Schools, Hawaii. So as I look at the HHSA.org website, only the Division One bracket is uh, filled out and ready to go. Still waiting on the Division Two bracket, but there is uh, no first round in Division Two, So they got a little bit more time uh, to place or to slot the teams, but the Division Two will start with the quarterfinal round that will be also next week, Thursday, February 22nd. So we'll get you those updates when we get a chance. But if you missed any of the action or you want to see photos and read the recaps, be sure to go to hawaiisportsradio.com. Click on the local sports tab and you'll see the stories by Paul Brecht and photos by Paul and Michael Lascaro. And you can also, which which makes us very, very unique here at Hawaii Sports Radio Network because nobody else locally does this. Uh, you can listen to the broadcast. So I played the final call for you guys by Kyle and Paul for Division One. Well, you can take in all the action yourself. Uh, so you can go online at hoysportsradio.com and click on the OIA Sports tab to get the games that we had last night. And also just check out the rest of our broadcast art archives, including the girls basketball championships that we had a couple of weeks ago. 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with your friends. Download it for the memory bank. Again, it's historic for all of our Lelahua of friends and family out there because it's the first title since 1988. So if you know anyone from Lelahua, be sure to share with them the broadcast so that they can have it for a keepsake. All right, way past the break. I'm surprised that we don't have Alamia coming in here and telling me that I need to take a break because it's just cool. you rocking and a rolling all by my lonesome on this Thursday. But got to take a break. So we'll be right back on Wake Up in the Dead. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Hey! <laughs> it's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani. Having our dance party that we always like to do here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Hope you guys didn't laugh too hard if you follow us on social media. Felt like posting on Valentine's Day our little dance party that, you know, kind of show you guys tends to Taylor Swift <laughs> with a cameo by Alan Mia. He had no idea he was going to be in our music video, but he says he didn't sign off on it, but too bad. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when you walk into the den. You never know what's going to happen and you will be included in a music video and that's how it's going to go. But I hope everyone did have a wonderful Valentine's Day yesterday. And yeah, there's just a lot of stuff going on, but all right. Time's a move in and a going. So we will get into University of Hawaii women's basketball. And here is as the Rainbow Wahine prepare for their game tonight, coming off of a loss at UC Davis, but playing another top half team in the Big West Conference in Cal Poly tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. And then as we keep reminding everyone, Beeman's Big Bash Saturday against UC Santa Barbara. So both really big games. We hope to see you guys there. Uh, Tonight is Breast Cancer Awareness Night and fans are encouraged to join the team in solidarity by wearing pink to the game. So before we get you caught up on more things you need to know for the women's basketball games and matchups, here is uh, head coach Laura Beeman and what she had to say to the media a few days ago leading up to this upcoming series and of course Beeman's big bash on Saturday. Beeman bash this this weekend. I know that's game Thursday, but just could you talk about having the bash on Saturday and just what this means to you and the team? Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly meaningful, right, that um, number one, they'd want to do something like this for for me, I guess, in my name, which is kind of crazy. Um, Less surprising, they'd want to do it for the girls. And and I really hope that people show up and can reciprocate um, what this group really means, you know, to the community and what the community means to them. And I think to have this place rocking would uh, be really... Uh, a lifetime memory for some of these kids Um, and I think it would would really mean a lot to them. Yeah and it's um, against Santa Barbara who got you guys last time so it makes it a little bit bigger as well so just how just how do you think the team will will handle it and just everything going on and and knowing that this is a team that they they need to be? I think they're excited about the opportunity to have a a really good crowd in here and have it be our sixth man and I know against you know the the Irvine we had about I think 1500 1600 people here and it it was loud and it was fun Uh, and chanting defense and you know talking to the kids and talking to the other team and just the environment that you want to play in front of 
the fact that it's Santa Barbara and they got us early on, um, I think that, you know, we told the girls the first time we played them this year that they had that circled on the calendar because of what we did to them in the Big West Conference Tournament Championship. I think we've got it circled on our calendar now. So I think that even with all the excitement going on, uh, we will be ready to play. Uh, first, though, we have Thursday, absolutely. And we're not overlooking Cal, you know, Cal Poly slow by any means. And to that point, you know, Cal Poly, UCSB, and a handful of other teams are, you know, within a game or two of first place along mm -hmm. with yourselves. How important is this last stretch of the season going, you know, towards that tournament date? You want to be playing your best basketball at the end of the year. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a hiccup, but you want to be playing your best basketball. And we know how tight the upper uh, you know, echelon of this conference is at this point. And so there is no room for slippage. Um, if we happen to lose a game, we're going to keep pushing. You know, We know what our end goal is, is to try to win the conference and to try to win the tournament. So regardless of what happens, we're going to keep pushing like we always do. But we understand the magnitude of each one of these games, both home and on the road. Right now, we've been able to sweep at home, and we need to get a sweep on the road just to give a little separation, and hopefully someone else has a hiccup. Um, I don't think any of these, these young women or myself are the type of person that want help. We want to do it ourselves. And so we need to take care of our business, particularly when we're supposed to. What have you kind of just seen out of the girls? You know, Saturday was a tough loss, but just kind of, what was the mood like coming back home, and what have you kind of seen of them as you get ready for Thursday? I don't think they take anything too big or make anything too small. I think they keep in perspective. And as a coaching staff, we are keeping things in perspective. It wasn't like a blow you up locker room after Davis. It was, we didn't play well, guys. We were fatigued mentally and physically. It showed. Uh, we've got to figure that out a little bit, but that travel was really difficult to fly all the way to San Diego and then fly all the way up to Davis and have very little you know, recovery time from a 7 o'clock Thursday to a 2 o'clock Saturday. Um, people can say that Davis did the same thing, but they didn't have a 2,500-mile flight on the front side, so it's, it's very different. Um, we're, not, we're not taking things out of perspective. We're not taking things out of context. We, we lost a game. We're going to get better. We have some strategies that we're going to use in practice this week to get us better. Um, we will show up ready to play Thursday and Saturday, I promise you that. How far back or uh, what was, the, was there like a specific origin of the, the bash thing, the idea for this Saturday? and? Uh, how did that come about? You know, Eric talked to me about that. Gosh, it might have been into last year, summertime. And he said, hey, I've got this idea. And I was like, OK, Eric's got great ideas. So I was like, let's do it, whatever you do. And did I really believe it was going to kind of happen? I just kind of put it in the back of my head. That's not my, it's above my pace, my pace go. So I let other people do the smart things. Um, and then when he said, hey, coach, this is really getting some traction. We're going to do it. Uh, you know, for the kids, I think it's super exciting. And what we're going to do with those uniforms is really exciting. Um, and I, I, again, I, I think that I don't want to say they deserve it. I, I know they want it. Um, and they've been a really big part of this community. So it would be great to see that, like I said, reciprocated back. Um, so they're excited. So yeah, it was, it's been a while in the making, that's for sure. I imagine a perfect weekend is you, know, you get the win on Thursday, you, you head into Saturday, you get the, the win over Santa Barbara, and then you set the attendance mm -hmm. record with all the people. Thanks, I appreciate that. Go ahead, put that out there like you know, the commentators <laughs> I mean, like, say, you know, she hasn't missed a free throw. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I mean, I can imagine that it's probably gone through your mind that that would be a, just an amazing weekend and a way to, you know, the, the best of everything to be able to get the win and set an attendance record. And, and that's obviously the purpose of this whole bash. But could you just talk about, I mean, what that would feel like if, if, if all things go right. I mean, that that's something that would certainly be a, a real memory in, in this season. You know, honestly, and I don't know if you're going to believe me or not, I haven't thought about, like, that trifecta. I've, I've thought about what we need to do to get through slow on mm -hmm. Thursday. 
I know the girls are going to be ready for that. I know the girls are going to be ready for Saturday. If all of those things happen, ask me after that, you know, <laughs> the Santa Barbara game, and I'm sure I'd be emotional about it because that would be really special for everybody that's involved with this program and, you know, what we've been trying to build here, you know, to put women's basketball and continue to put women's basketball on the map in the state of Hawaii where it means a lot to people, it means a lot to these young ladies, would be really special. But I do not allow myself to go to Saturday after the game. I have to stay with practice today. So I stay focused, you know, try to put out the fires that we've got going on right now because there's always fires to put out. Um, and just stay really in the moment because that's what I ask these girls to do all the time. Stay within our process, stay within the moment, stay within each possession. And so I really try to practice that. Um, so ask me Saturday after the game if what, ha what, you, what you want to have happen, happen. We'll see. Uh, last thing for me, Coach, just you played everyone once, you're getting down to the stretch run. Can you just describe the, the competitiveness that the Big West has been? Uh, this season because it's 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 pretty well yeah you know conference play is conference play and you know you can have upsets on any given night and we've seen that um i think that it's been fun to see some teams that maybe have been kind of in the bottom of the pack raise their level and, and now we have more competition um up in that one through five where you have two or three teams battling for first two or three teams battling for second uh, so i think the conference is doing a great job of elevating play i think it's really good um, preparation for the tournament, really good preparation for the post-season tournaments, that your conference is always challenging you, that games, you always have to come in with a strategy and a game plan. So I'm not surprised. Um, I'm happy that there's not just one or two teams up top and everyone else is kind of fighting for fifth and sixth. Um, so I think it just shows that the Big West is really kind of growing its game, growing the sport. And, you know, Commissioner Butterley is doing a great job of kind of putting us in a position to be successful. And hopefully we'll be a two-team, you know, bid, not just, you know, the, the AQ. That was University of Hawaii women's basketball head coach Laura Beeman getting geared up for tonight's game and then also Beeman's Big Bash on Saturday. Tonight they do take on Cal Poly, who is just a couple of spots behind Hawaii in the standing. So at the top we have UC Irvine and Hawaii at both at 10-3 and three, and UC Santa Barbara, Cal Poly, and UC Davis right behind uh in those spots sitting at nine and four in the big west conference as i said earlier tonight's game seven o'clock p.m at the simplify arena at stan sheriff center and it is breast cancer awareness night so fans are encouraged to join the team in solidarity by wearing pink to the game anyone that was at last uh season sisterhood social you guys have your pink sisterhood t-shirts that you can get out and wear the players and staff will of course be wearing various pink items including their socks shoes a uh, sweat bands everything uh, pink ohana fight together shirts will be distributed to the first 200 students in attendance hawaii pacific health will serve as the game sponsor and will hand out 200 pink sanitizer sprays along with 200 pink scrunchies inside of gate a and they will also be the sponsor of the halftime game and award prizes to three participants so it's going to be a fun time we hope to see you guys out there you know, you can look for your girl in her sparkly uh, jackets as I have the co-host duties for tonight. And then on Saturday, of course, Big Beeman's Big Bash. So big game, though. We got to keep winning. Hawaii is looking for the season sweep over Cal Poly as they beat the Mustangs 63-59. So a close game the last time they played, but also the Rainbow Wahine looking to redeem that loss that they had on the road at UC Davis this past Saturday, 61-51. Gearing up, hopefully catapulting them to have a great weekend against UC Santa Barbara, who they had lost to at UCSB 65-53. 
And if in case everyone, anyone forgets, but we always remind everyone that this is, you know, UC Santa Barbara wants to come out and beat Hawaii again. I'm sure they are still reeling from that loss, letting last year's Big West Tournament Championship slip away from them. But Rainbow Wahine, they'll have something to say about it. And they are an incredible team. They're so fun to watch. So I really encourage you guys to come out. And you heard Coach B like, you know, it's cool that everyone wants to do the Beeman's Big Bash and, and whatnot on Saturday. But she just hopes everyone wants to com- come out and support these young ladies because they work hard. They need our support. They win. Everything that fans usually complain about for not going to games like the Rainbow Wahine basketball team checks everything off. Right. Winning team, local players on the team. Fun, exciting atmosphere, fun game to watch. Uh, the price of the tickets, again, you guys, seven bucks for your regular adult tickets, general admission. So you can sit anywhere you want. You can sit at the lower, lower level. You can sit behind the bench and cheer and, and meet the girls after the game because they always go around. Five bucks for, you know, the young at heart and free. That's right, free for cakey all the way up through high school. Although you know you have to tell your high school kids that they're cakey, they won't believe you because they they like to think of themselves as young adults. But no, but point is, it's a very affordable time that you can have with the family. Bring them out to Rainbow Wahine basketball games. But Saturday, looking to break the attendance record that was set in the midst of a Big West title chase, the 2014 to 15 Rainbow Wahine season when they played their home finale before a crowd of 4,340 fans in Beeman's third year leading the program. So that's the number that we are trying to beat on Saturday. So put that down. I hope to see you guys there. Um, Biggest attendance crowd in Beeman's tenure here at the University of Hawaii. She deserves it. Everyone deserves it. I, t- I admitted to you guys before, though, that unfortunately I would not be there. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's if if you guys weren't listening when I told the story, you know, I was at my Uncle Pat celebration and my cousins. We all just we did a cousin's trip in 2021. Yeah, 2021 had a lot of fun. We've been talking about it for the last couple of years that we need to do another one when we we're out at my uncle's celebration of life. Um, my cousins just kind of took it upon themselves and they were just like, Hey, we're going to do this cousins thing. This is the date. And it was this, this weekend because a lot of people have off on Monday. So I had already committed and doing the cousins trip prior to way before Beeman's big bash got announced. And before I was the co-hostess with the mostest at the games. So I will not be there, but I hope you guys go out and represent. I'll definitely be watching it. Probably force my cousins to watch the women's basketball game with me and just watch me go crazy and see the crowd and get a little FOMO. We hope to see you guys there as well. All right. Got to step aside. When we come back, we will talk a little baseball because season gets underway. So that's UH baseball. That is season gets underway tomorrow. Opening up with Ole Miss. We'll be back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, ninety-five point one FM and AM seven sixty. Hey, where do we go? Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, your brown-eyed girl here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760. 
and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. All right, before we get into UH baseball, one of course, we were talking about uh, Rainbow Wahine basketball right before the break. So I want to make sure everyone, of course, is aware that the men's basketball team does play today at Cal Poly. Game time is 5 o'clock p.m. Hawaii time, and you can watch it on ESPN+. And on Saturday, they play at UC Santa Barbara, and the game time is early, 11 a.m. Hawaii time, and you can watch it on Spectrum Sports Net. So women's basketball, men's basketball in action, but baseball... It's almost, I mean, I guess you can consider it that it is baseball season because baseball season's getting underway tomorrow. The Rainbow Warriors or the Baseballs open up against Ole Miss. Uh, game time is set for 6.35 Friday evening and then Saturday will be a doubleheader. First game will be at 1.05 p.m. and that will be a seven inning game. And the second game will be approximately 45 minutes after the end of game one, which that one will be a nine inning game. And then Sunday, the baseballs play at 1.05 p.m. But Friday is the big night for and eight. Hey, Ole Miss winning program, a huge program. Uh, and just not far removed from winning the title. So before we kind of get get you more information on baseball, here is a couple of sound clips. First, we'll you'll hear starting left-handed pitcher Harrison Bodendorf, who Stephen Sire had tweeted the other day, who is getting the start on the bump tomorrow evening. So opening up the season, starting pitcher Harrison Bodendorf, you'll hear from first, and then you'll hear a little bit from uh, head coach Rich Hill. What do you expect um, lineup like Old Miss on your, this first Friday? Uh, you know, SEC team are going to be big swingers, be uh, big power hitters, so got to um, make sure to keep the ball down, not let them try and elevate and do what they want to do. Uh, it's very important, you know, uh, we're playing Ole Miss, big time SEC team, and you know, a lot of people probably think that we're not supposed to win these games, but uh, going out and setting the tone, if we win these games this weekend, it's going to be huge for the whole season. Yeah, just how special is it? Yeah, it's special. I mean, it's something that you work towards. You know, every pitcher wants to be the Friday guy and uh, have a chance to do that for their team, and uh, it's pretty special. Can you tell us about your offseason and, you know, what what you've done to kind of lead up, prepare for this moment? Yeah, so uh, this summer I uh, got summer ball off because of how much I threw in the season last season, and so I just kind of went home, spent a lot of time trying to gain some weight, put on 10 pounds this summer, and then uh, the second big thing was uh, finding a slider. You know, last season I fastball changed up pretty much mainly. I could throw a slider every once in a while, but it wasn't consistent and it wasn't like an everyday thing. And, you know, wanting to be a starter, that was my goal coming into this year, and you kind of need that third pitch, so I spent a lot of time trying to find that slider. How's it been progress today? Oh, it's been real. It's been real well, yeah. Uh, this fall, I kind of really got a feel for it. You know, the beginning, it was kind of just throwing it, like, leverage counts, 0-2, 1-2, things like that, just uh, trying to get that confidence. And then up to now, I kind of feel like I can throw in almost every count and have that good feel for it. Who taught it to you? Um, my, uh, my pitching coach back home that I went to in high school, I uh, kind of went up to him over summer, just a place to throw, and we were kind of just messing around with grips. So it wasn't, he didn't really teach it to me. He just kind of showed me kind of different grips that he'd seen other people throw in, like, in his career in coaching, and I just kind of kept messing with one until I found one that worked for me. Did you 
try um, to emulate um, Chris Sale's style, or, or did it just, that's how you pitched it, happened to be the same as Yeah, that's, uh, that's how I pitched. I actually, uh, before I heard the comparisons and uh, kind of saw the side-by-side, -side, I didn't even realize that it was similar to Chris Sale. It wasn't never something I was kind of trying to do, and just uh, ended up being that way. How's the new coaching staff been for you, working with these guys here so far? Oh, it's been great. You know, uh, it's kind of one of those things where Troop was a great coach. I love Troop, and, uh, you know, hearing his leaving is sad news, and it's kind of, like, scary. What's next? Uh, is this coach going to – am I going to like this coach as much as I like Troop? And, you know, Zuni's great. Love Zuni. He's uh, definitely been a great coach for me so far. How excited are you to get the season started here? Oh, I'm super excited. Uh, I've been waiting for season, you know, the whole fall. I think uh, freshman year fall, it's kind of, it goes by quicker because it's your first year here, you're getting uh, acclimated to all the things and kind of getting used to college baseball. And then after you get that taste of your first college season, you're just ready for the next one to come. And, uh, you know, being able to open at home too is awesome. You know, the fans here are great. I, uh, all last year, never played an environment better than home. Every road trip is always better here than it would be anywhere on the road. What is, um, you know, what you had last year where you, you knew you could be summoned almost any time during a weekend, right? Versus, okay, I know when I'm going. How does that change a guy's psyche during a week? Uh, it's definitely uh, changes my preparation because I can kind of have more of a set routine. It's not like I got to, last year I would kind of have to feel my arm out throughout the week and kind of be like, okay, I got to be ready to go Friday, but I can't be too ready to go Friday because if I don't throw Friday, then I got to go Saturday and I can't kind of go too hard things like that but now I can just be set you know do everything in this week to prepare and be completely ready for Friday and that's it. That was UH baseball left-handed pitcher Harrison Bodendorf. Here's head coach Rich Hill. You got um, Ole Miss coming in here to start the, the season. Talk about um, the challenge of, of bringing in the Rebels but also to what kind of opportunities this presents for your team so early on to start the year. Well I mean it, it's uh, one of the top uh, in the country, 2022 national champions. So, I mean, it's a matter of months since they've won a national championship in Omaha. Been to Omaha. Uh, Coach Bianco is one of the best coaches in the game. Um, and that's the best conference there is, you know. So um, it's just an elite program, you know, that's coming in here for four games. And, you know, the thing that really comes to my mind is our fans, you know. And they deserve this. They deserve, you know, uh, top quality baseball, you know, just the, the absolute best. Uh, for us as a program, it really provides a, uh, a great gauge as to where we are. Recruiting-wise, um, to you know, where we're at, you know, playing-wise, um, and the RPI, you know, scheduling. It's just a great team to play. Um, that's going to go on and win a bunch of games um, and look very good to the committee. Should we finish in second place? That's how we schedule. Was that kind of the goal when, when you, you know, had Ole Miss coming in, is to really figure out a measuring stick for where you guys are at the beginning of the season and to bring in a program like that to compete against them right from the get-go? Yeah, bringing in somebody like Ole Miss uh, and then NC State, you know, the following weekend next year, Wichita State, University of Washington, Oregon State. The year after that, at the University of Missouri, we kick off. So teams like that, there's just many tentacles to it, right? You know, the first is our fans just get treated, you know, to a top quality opponent, a baseball atmosphere that really is unmatched. We're going to sell out every game. 
second thing that it does is give us a great gauge as to where we are and what we need to do as a coaching staff to see the bodies, the staff, the arms, and how we measure up against that and where we are as a team, what we need to do you know, to, uh, to get better. And then scheduling, you know, for the NCAA tournament, the RPI, being in a mid-major conference, you know, which I was at in the WCC, I became what I feel is an RPIologist. And uh, you have to schedule a certain way. <laughs> an RPIologist, that is, UH baseball head coach, Rich Hill. And, and he's right, you know, like scheduling out, we talk about it a lot in some of the other sports that, Getting not only like your players ready for this top level competition, but also just when it comes down to the RPI and if something comes down to a a tiebreaker, you want to make sure you have that on your schedule and have wins potentially against some of these top teams on your schedule as well. So we'll get you a little bit more information about um, the baseball games coming up and, and, and whatnot, but we do need to take a break. So we'll be right back to close things out here on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, sending positive vibes out into the universe. And, you know, I I know I didn't talk about it on the show yet, and I know it's just being talked about nationally of the tragic events that happened in Kansas City following the Super Bowl parade. Um, But, you know, like it's it's been all over the news and, and you guys know how I feel about what we've tried to do on this show. So... I don't want to. I don't want to fail to acknowledge the situation, but at the same time, I don't want to uh, continuously uh, say what everyone else has been, you know, saying all over the national news. And it, it's it's horrific, and I feel like something it, we're far removed, and something needs to be done one day, and hopefully that day will come soon. Because quite frankly, this is a little too much. You can't be the only first world country that has to deal with this kind of thing that happens on the daily where it comes to a point where it's not shocking anymore and it's just unfortunate but anyways we always like to keep it uh positive vibes on the show that's why i wanted to play you a little bit of some common kings it's a new day so at at the beginning of the day please i hope everybody just wakes up you know just be grateful and thankful for everything you have um be kind to people and yeah, just go out. It's a new day and smell at somebody today and have a good day and shed great light into the world. Okay, anyways, going back to baseball. Before I get all teary, I'm already getting teary-eyed honestly to be like to be completely transparent. <laughs> already getting teary-eyed just th- talking about this subject as I was when everything was going on yesterday, but part of the reason why I don't want to talk about it too much cuz I don't have Paul Brecht in the studio to um talk for me and bail me out when your girl has to like control her emotions uh, because I get really sensitive to kind of tragedies like this. Okay, going back to baseball. Again, Paul Breck's not in the studio because he's getting set up for Sharks Weekly. We just have a few more minutes left on this show. So uh, I was we were talking about University of Hawaii baseball before the break. So they get 
ready to open the season against Ole Miss tomorrow for a four-game, excuse me, sorry, five, oh yeah, four-game uh, slate tomorrow through Sunday. And then after that, they host NC State. Then they're going to play at University of Hawaii Hilo, play Holy Cross, Rice, before they face their first conference uh, matchup against CSU Bakersfield, which will be on the road. And then they host Rich Hill's former team, San Diego State, in March. But we had mentioned that Harrison Bodendorf is the starting pitcher for tomorrow, and he got his college career off to a good start, earning freshman All-America honors from Collegiate Baseball a year ago. The lefty finished 5-2 with a 3.45 ERA and 66 strikeouts over 70 or excuse me, over 57.1 innings pitched with a 239 batting average against uh, a first-team All-Big West selection. Bodendorf ended the year second among freshmen in the conference in strikeouts and earned a save in five of his final seven appearances, owning a 2.04 ERA with 24 strikeouts to five walks during that stretch. And he is also the first University of Hawaii player to earn freshman All-America honors since 2019, which was Scotty Scott. A lot of baseball fans remember him. And the first Rainbow Warrior pitcher since 2017, prior to Dylan Thomas, uh, who won it as well. So big things coming up. For the base bows, as you guys can go out there to the Les Murakami Stadium because they're coming off of a successful end of the season last year in which they saw them win the last nine games of the season to close out uh, the, the year. But going to be a strong season. Excited for everything that Rich Hill is doing for the University of Hawaii baseball program of up next, we will have Sharks Weekly, and with sticking with baseball, really, really quick before we have to go, want to give a shout out to HPU Baseball. They are eight and one right now. Had a big win against St. Martin's yesterday, five and three. So the Sharks keep rolling at eight and one. Well, anyways, I gotta go, but stick around for Sharks Weekly featuring HPU Golf. Bye.